point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Oppa! <laughs> did yours explode? It did, but I caught it. Hey! You managed to guzzle all that white, frothy juice. <laughs> For those of you at home listening, uh, Reed's ginger beer every now and then when you open them, they kind of explode. Sometimes they do that. My first one did. This one didn't. Hooray! Yeah, maybe my second one won't then. That's a, that's a great starting point. I love that. <laughs> uh, welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And uh, on this day's episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we're reviewing episode 20 of season 5, entitled The Weight of the World. Weight of the World. Yeah. What's the world waiting for? That's one of the lines from our, our theme music. Oh, is it? Our closing music, yeah. In, uh... Yeah, Giles says it in... The, ah, one of the first episodes. Fascinating. Well, uh, hey, we're going to talk about some stuff today, guys. <laughs> you know what I'm going to start with? Review us on iTunes. Yes. It's the fastest way to our heart. It's even faster than a worm. So stop mailing us worms. <laughs> Who the fuck is doing that? I know it's you, Turtles guy. Turtles guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I like turtles, too. I don't like them enough that I want to eat what they eat. All right. <laughs> For Christ's sake. Do turtles eat worms? Uh, yeah, I think so. My stepmom caught several uh, turtles while we were out fishing when I was a kid. It was like a thing. She would always catch turtles, huh. and we'd catch fish. That's and we weird. were using the same fucking bait. That's weird. Yeah, kind of was. Well, on to the second way that you can support our podcast by becoming an executive producer. Executive Doodle Doos. Cold hard cash. Yes. Our executive doodle doos are as follows Bridgen McCloy, Dead Serious, Callista, Ali Bonarengo, Nathan Lancy, Kristen, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Doodle Doo, D. Sheringhausen, Club E. Seal, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V. Man, Pat Likes Turtles. Scarlet Choi, bad at changing their name heaps. K Fronome, I'm not saying the rest of the name. <laughs> Father Wait, Defin- is that what they wrote? No. Oh, you're just not saying it. <laughs> Father Defenestrato, Methuen DeBurr, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you all so much. Without you, this show literally is impossible. You literally bought our beverages and dinner tonight. Thank you. Quite literally. Yeah. With cold, hard cash. And remember, uh, just uh, your daily reminder that we, after we finish these two seasons, are going to be going on another break in the new year. And we will be doing a live Q&A during that break. And if you want to be part of that, you need to be a patron. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, you can't say that we surprised you or blindsided you with it this time. Ha ha. We're thinking ahead. Yes. And we will be suspending payments on the Patreon for the duration of our break. Yep. Don't worry about that. So basically, as long as you're as long as you're a patron before we start the break, you'll be 
part of the live stream. So mm-hmm. I think that's all we got. I think it's on to the mom synopsis. Joshua, what are you doing, Joshua? Well, I'm having a little bit of an internal struggle. Like, how do you mean? Like, you can't decide if you should cancel your Planet Fitness subscription because you're never actually going to use it? Or what? No, more like I'm pretty sure I killed my brother. No, you didn't. I'm right here, stupid. (laughs) Pretty, pretty, pretty sure. In fact, no, I definitely killed... You fucking moron! I'm going to drain your blood for a ritual (laughs) sacrifice if you don't shut the fuck up! You see, the only thing I love more than killing is beat myself up about it. Oh, Joshua, don't beat yourself up. Your brother was a little dipshit anyway. I'm not dead! Yes, he was, Mom. Yes, he was. In fact, I feel so unburdened now from your unprecedented emotional validation that I'm going to share my experience watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer today. Where Buffy has gone totally catatonic and can't stop just staring off into space, to the point where Willow has to cast a spell to enter Buffy's mind to make her snap out of it. Glory has to fight some inner demons, mainly Ben, because gosh darn it, she sure is starting to feel all those pesky, gross emotions of Ben's now, because for some reason the barrier between her mind and his is starting to break down. Meanwhile, Xander takes Giles to the hospital for his stab wound, and Spike meets them there after scoping out Glory's apartment, confirming that Ben was in fact living there, confirming what Spike knows about Ben and Glory being one in the same body, which is somehow magically hidden information from the rest of the Scooby gang and probably all humans in general. Xander and Spike, Spander, if you will, (laughs) and I think you will, they go to see a guy to get help. The same weirdo, it so happens, that helped Don do necromancy. And oops, oh no, he's a glory worshiper, but they managed to kind of murder him a little and steal an artifact that he was hiding. Ben tries and fails to help Don escape Glory's clutches, and Willow tries and succeeds at convincing Buffy that she still has time to save her sister. Giles, however, has found some scrolls that say the only way to stop Glory is to kill Don. The end. Yep. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little bitches. Soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. as the sun goes down, 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 Competition is a beautiful thing. We open on Glory's apartment where the minions are preparing for the ritual and they're all scampering about doing their miniony things. Scamp, 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 scamper. I'm scamping. Look at me scamping. <laughs> you little scamps. That's what Glory says. It's just her sitting there going, You little scamps. No, she says that she's just not feeling herself. Gosh darn it, I'm just not happy about getting to kill everybody. Yeah. I'm getting everything I want, and I don't like it. Yeah, I know the feeling. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know there's a, a whole thing called post-project depression, right? Yeah. Something you've been working on for a long time when it comes to an end and you get all sad. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's a normal thing, and I think that's that's really what's happening with, with Glory here. Is- I'm a theater kid, Rex. I'm pretty sure that broke me in general. <laughs> like it simultaneously saved me and broke me. Right. Because it gave some sort of structure to my life, but only for like six or seven weeks at a time. And then I had to wait another two or three months for another show to come along. Ah, yeah. 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 
So when Glory's going on about how she feels here, she mentions that she's been waiting an eternity or really just 25 human years. Sounds like an eternity to me. And this caused me to do a deep dive, Josh. Uh Uh-oh. I spent an hour digging for this. Do go on. That sounds like an eternity to me. This line threw me off. Mm. She's an immortal god. And she's only been waiting 25 years. Well, that's how long she's been cast out of her right. her hell dimension and living on Earth or something. Right. So. Is what I assumed. That's what my initial thought was as well. But the way it's framed with the Knights of Byzantium and the monks and everything. Maybe she only came into existence as an immortal hell god 25 years ago. Nope. she's She's been around forever. Hmm. Okay. But, but specifically... She has been trapped in Ben's body for 25 years. Ben is 25 years old. Oh. He he came into existence solely as her prison in the mortal coil. So that sounds right. Right. That's how long she's been banished from hell. Only 25 years. Yeah. And apparently she couldn't actually manifest like she's been doing until Ben turned 20. So she's only been able to even manifest for about 20 years or five, for five, about years. five years, five years. And we, if we assume that in the beginning, she could only manifest, you know, short amounts of time there, you know, and it's just gotten longer and longer that Ben has lost himself to, to her. Do we know why it happened when he was 20? Um, was there something written like when he's 20, you will be able to manifest nope. or that's just when she kind of finally had enough charge to yeah. take over? That that seems to be the fan, the fan theory. Uh, it's never clarified, but apparently a lot more of this information was put together in a novelization of some of the episodes. Oh, so apparently there was a. During this season, there was a book put out that was Giles, like, watcher notes, and it was the novelization of three episodes, and it was like a volume one thing, but there's only, it was the only one ever written, Hmm. because they just, they're like, oh, this didn't sell, and they stopped doing it, but Mm -hmm. um, the episode in this season, Blood Ties, that, which is the episode that shows the audience that there's a link between Ben and Glory, the novelization of that is kind of gives more information about all of this. And yeah, I just thought it was very fascinating that like that they kind of left some of this stuff out of this, the actual show to put it in a fucking novelization. Yeah. I'm glad they filled that in because now we get to fill in your plot holes. Yes. With our information. Or something. But yeah, basically, she's got everything she's ever wanted and just still not happy. Wah, wah. Hey, Dawn, what do you think about that? Come on, Dawn. Surely you have a little pity for the hell god yeah. who wants to drain your blood. Cue the irony of asking someone who's gagged what they think about something. Because Dawn's gagged. Oh, yeah, she is gagged, in yeah. fact. It just always cracks me up. That's that's a dumb little trope that that brings me a little bit of tiny mm-hmm. sliver of joy. 
for some stupid reason. <laughs> or telling somebody who's handcuffed not to go anywhere. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> yes. Oh, geez. Or um, as my my fiance is very fond of uh, being asked to do something and then saying no while doing it. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> so cut to a gas station. Um, yes. We're only about a half an hour after the ending of last episode. Yeah, which is pointed out because that's how long Buffy's been catatonic. Yeah. And Spike, uh, I guess it took him about a half hour to hotwire Ben's car. Thank God he's lived his life as a derelict. <laughs> Otherwise, what would we do? Well, be trapped out in the middle of the desert. That's what. Yeah. So pff, it's a good thing Glory just runs really fast and didn't <laughs> need his car. Right. Much, much, much better. Uh, too bad he didn't, like, drop his keys or something. Anyway, uh, they're all worried about Buffy, who's still in a state of speechless shock. I... Also known as catatonia. Can we can we talk for a second about how the way this is set up in where Xander's like, hey, Will, I think you should try again. And it's just Willow, like, leaning down in front of her going, hey, Buffy, Buffy. Are you there, Buffy? As if, like, no one else could do that. Yeah. And, and like... Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be more of a, hey, let me try? Yeah. Why do you need to... <laughs> what's the word? Why do you need to delegate that? We, we, have, uh, we have, since, as a team, decided that the only one who is allowed to yell in Buffy's face is Willow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, if I had to pick a Scooby Gang member to be yelled in the face at by, yeah, Willow yeah. would be pretty high on the list. Definitely not Xander. Probably, right. probably not Anya. Not Tara. Um, Giles also high on the list. Yeah, Buffy. I mean... Buffy would scare me. Um, <laughs> Spike pretty high on the list. Also, it would scare me. <laughs> there's a Venn diagram in here there's somewhere. A, there's something to be said about <laughs> effectiveness. You know, <laughs> Spike would be effective. Oi, fucker! <laughs> well, I'm awake. Yeah, he definitely had the right idea. And they're all like, Spike, right? you're being a dick. And he's like, well, yeah. Have you met me? <laughs> so, yeah, opening credits. And then, you know, they're still it's back at the gas station Nobody's sure what to do. And then this is when Spike decides to do some uh, percussive treatment to try and wake Buffy up. Mm, best kind. Yeah. I like percussive maintenance. It's when you just beat the shit out of something and hope it fixes it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so... What you doing over there? Oh, just banging. <laughs> just, uh, just beating my meat. I wasn't making any references to masturbation. I don't know where you're going with that. Masturbation, Rex. Why? Because you always take it to the sexy place. I do not. Why you gotta take you it to do. the sexy place? You're the one who does. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> no, so honestly, I think at this point that Spike has the right fucking idea. Like, come on. She's not a delicate flower, for fuck's sake. And... The world is going to come to an end. Someone needs to fucking wake her up. You can be a badass and a delicate flower. I mean, yeah, sure, but that's she's half not. the point of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The point, though, in this scene is that, like, the world is coming to an end, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Dawn is going to die. 
Someone needs to wake her up. Oh, yeah. Pretty high stakes here. They need to shake the shit out of her. They need to fucking box her ears or something. Although it did make me think of the scene from Airplane when the woman's like freaking out. And so the like Leslie Nielsen's character is like, get a hold of yourself and just starts shaking her. Uh huh. And then someone steps up behind him, like taps on the shoulder. Here, let me. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he steps aside and that person continues doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like a, a line of people lining up to shake the shit <laughs> out of shake. this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long Me time. Me either. I need to rewatch that, it. That's something that sticks in my head. I totally forgot about that. That's fantastic. Um. Yeah. So Spike slaps the shit out of Buffy and they're like, no, you can't do that. And then Willow... Oh, boy, does Willow take charge. Well, uh, Xander gets all pissy because Spike's getting too rough, and he grabs a hold of Spike, and they start fighting. And this is when Willow puts her fucking foot down, casts a spell to separate the two. Yeah, Xander's like, hey, Spike, we're not making enough porn together. And he's like, I've made <laughs> plenty of porn with, together with you, you fucking nit. <laughs> I'll make plenty more. If you don't shut your face and then they start kissing and and then Willow's like, hey, guys, I'm the only gay one here. <laughs> and it works out great. Uh, and then. <laughs> yeah, right there. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, Willow. Kind of lays things out, takes takes command, tells everyone what to do, tells Anya that they're when they get out of there, Anya's going to take care of Tara, Xander's going to take Giles to the hospital, she's going to help Buffy, and then sends Spike that off to find Glory. Yeah. Hey, Spike, even though we know you don't stand a chance, why don't you go be the one to deal with the hell god? And he's like, yeah, all right, I can do that. And then cue a scene that's basically just Monty Python. Is it? it Spike points out, hey, what, are we, what do I do if I run into Ben? And everyone's like, Ben? Why would that matter? Yeah, it's more of a who's on first, really. Kind of, but just some of the, the line delivery, because... Um, basically, no one else but Spike can remember that Ben is Glory. And Spike's just repeating it and trying to explain it to them, and they're not they're not getting it. But it comes to uh, one of my quotes of the day. Is it the one where we learn uh, that a QP doll is a thing? No, because I didn't know about that at all. But now I know all about it. I don't know what a QP doll is. Uh. Well, one of his lines is he taps his nose and he points and says QP doll for you, and he's pointing at. Willow, I think. Oh no, don't know what that is. Well, it's it's part of this whole. It's it's literally a doll. It's uh, it's a brand of doll uh, that was conceived as a comic strip character uh, by a cartoonist, Rose O'Neill, hmm. and it's like from the fifties or something. But no, um, oh, created in nineteen twelve, actually immensely popular in the middle of the twentieth century. Olive sees. I don't know who Olive is. Anyway. I still don't know why he said Cupid doll for you, but I Britishism. Yeah. But uh no, the the line is after explaining it to him over and over again, Giles delivers fucking perfectly. 
Excellent. Now, do we suspect that there may be some kind of connection between Ben and Glory? Ah, jeez. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's like talking to a brick wall. But Giles's delivery of the line is just so fucking perfect. Well, of course it's fucking perfect. He's fucking Giles. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not fucking Giles. Giles is a fictional mm-hmm. character. That would, I mean, I suppose every time he masturbates, he is in fact fucking. <laughs> uh, he could be interpreted as fucking Giles. Yeah, yeah, he could. I'm having sex with myself at the moment. You see, <laughs> I'm imagining a fictional character that I play on TV. Oh God! <laughs> and I'm gratifying myself sexually. You see whilst thinking about it can we move on with my hand (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck no lubrication (laughs) we don't have that on the other side of the pond (laughs) moving along okay fine (laughs) i could go on for days i am fully aware Uh, from here, we cut to some sort of construction site where a bunch of uh, the crazy people that Glory made are building a tower. Hmm. They're building a tower, and Glory and her minions and Dawn come walking through, and they all start bowing to her, and she's just having none of it. Yeah, you just can't please this lady. Uh, no. There's no pleasing her. Not a smoke and a pancake, not a pipe and a crepe. Nope. Not a bong and a blintz. Oh. Not a cigar and a waffle. I said them out of order. Now I have to do them all over again. <laughs> but I'm not actually going to do that. That's, that's good. You're welcome. <laughs> That'll be $5. But yeah, she, and she's not just tired of all the fucking uh, crazy worshippers. She's also tired of her regular minions. She's just in a very bad mood. Yeah. Jeez, someone woke up on the wrong side of the hell dimension. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, though. <laughs> she act, She's actually on the wrong side of her yeah, hell dimension. She is. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> so um, she's, starting to, she's starting to feel guilty. Yeah. And she informs Dawn that all she has to do is bleed her to death to open the portal. I'm like, all right, fucking do it already. Quit fucking prancing yeah. around like a depressed little Eeyore pony. Well, as is pointed out later, is like she has to do it at the exact right time and place. Did they say that before? Yes. Oh, geez. Fine. Yep, that it's, cuts out like half of my criticism of the episode right there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I just well, have I, to go back to making bad masturbation jokes. Now. I kind of actually like the setup that like she's kind of she's unraveling but she has to just sit here and fucking wait till the time to do the ritual. Even and hell gods like, have to wait for stoplights. Yeah. Yeah. There's only two things that are for certain in this world, and that's stoplights and spander porn. <laughs> it's the only two things. I don't think that's how that saying goes. Well, you know what, Rex? <laughs> you didn't have to come to this recording session. I could have handled it myself. Could you have, though? Well, I certainly would have been a lot more dick jokes. <laughs> and I would have just had to be. You're probably not wrong. <laughs> Somebody has to bring substance to this episode. 
clearly it's me. <laughs> I don't know how we'd get through it otherwise. <laughs> yeah, and she does, and for some fucking reason, try to comfort Don here. Don is like having none of her shit, though. Yeah, it's all super out of character, and I'm like, wow, this is a random quick change of character. But yeah, basically it all amounts to she's losing her damn mind, and uh, but she's still going to kill Don. Oh, definitely still going to kill you. Gosh, I feel real bad about it, though. <laughs> well, this guy wants to fight with weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z. From axe to the other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. So we cut to, is it Anya's apartment? Xander's apartment. Xander, I mean, same well, thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Anya and Xander's apartment. Correct. And Willow's leaving Tara in Anya's care. Yep. Anya expresses concern that this spell that Willow is about to do might harm Buffy. I think that was in there somewhere. Yeah. That's a thing that happened, right? Um, yeah. But it, Willow, well, she, I, say, I say she has <laughs> to try. Well, it's pointed out by Giles later that it's a very, very like difficult experienced needed extremely the, advanced yeah. yes extremely advanced that's the fucking phrase that i couldn't get out of my head yeah um it's, it's like a very advanced super magic. duper ap oh my god but hey like you have to I actually think, read the whole book yeah the whole book <laughs> you can't just you can't do this test with the textbook none of that grad student cliff notes shit <laughs> Man, I was such a chump in college. Oh, did you actually do the readings? Actually trying to do all the reading and being like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do all this reading. And then like literally everybody I talked to after college, it's like, I didn't, you didn't, you're not supposed to do all of the reading. They <laughs> oh, dude, dude. Um, my partner being in a fucking master's program for psychology, the amount of fucking reading Holy shit. Oh, I'm aware. And Caitlin can speed read. Mm -hmm. Like, insanely fucking fast reader. But still, there's no way in hell they, that anybody could ever fucking read all the fucking text that they're they're given. It's yeah, it's almost like college crazy. is a fucking sham or something. Well, and apparently it's just seen as the normal thing of... Uh, professors give all that reading and they know for a fact that no one's going to do all of that reading. Yeah. I don't understand why, but the, you know, whatever, that's fucking academia for you. Exactly. Yeah, not even worth exploring. Yeah. That's a whole different podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we get a very fun, awkward good luck from Anya. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Willow uses the, the old phrase wish me luck yep um and of course she doesn't mean it literally but anya takes it completely literally yep and i think she takes it completely literally and does what she does on purpose to lighten the mood and in hopes of like giving a little bit of cheer to willow because after willow goes and leaves the room she looks towards the door that she 
walked through and says good luck sincerely Mm. so i think her she was playing into her role solely to hope to like give a little bit of fucking cheer to willow that's entirely possible and uh, if she did that i don't think i think it was entirely lost on willow because the look on willow's face was very much oh god you're trying so hard and i love you for it yeah (laughs) and to me and in my head canon the reason it works the way i think that it is is because Anya is trying to play into her hard air quotes role in the group to give a little bit of strength to her friend, but she's doing it in such a way that it does not fucking work. But Willow can see exactly what Anya's doing, and it works because Willow can tell what Anya's trying to do and failing at. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say exactly that. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to cut this and then I'm going to, I'm going to say it. (laughs) Okay. No, I'll just leave in yours then. (laughs) Baby. So we cut to Xander and Anya's bedroom where we find that Buffy is sitting there in a chair and Willow lights some candles and does the spell. No fucking ritual, no magic words, nothing. Just looks at, at Buffy and poof, in her head. Yeah, doesn't even use matches. Some fucking difficult spell for fuck's sake. Cheap fucking, like, um, those fucking long <clears throat> uh, candle lighters. I hate those lighters. I hate them so much. Really? Yeah. They're so handy. They're not, though. They're, uh... I mean, I get how handy the the long nozzle is, but the triggers are always such a pain in the ass, and they don't work very well. That's fair. Anyway, so now we're... Oh, yeah. So now we're in Buffy's head, right? Yes. So, yeah, at this part of the episode, I was like, okay, so Glory is feeling guilty, and Buffy has just completely given up the ghost and is just stuck in her head now. I never would have guessed that the way they were going to fill another two episodes of this season <laughs> was by giving Glory some kind of conscience, completely out of character, <laughs> and Buffy becoming completely catatonic. Again, completely the fuck out of yeah. character. Not exactly a tour de force infallible action hero scenario that we've kind of come to expect. But uh, yeah. uh, that being said, I'm not trying to shit all over it. It. it- uh, it really does feel like this was the moment where it's like, all right, this fucking episode has just fucking gone off the goddamn rails. It just turned into one of those episodes. Yeah. I think there is value in exploring the emotional impact of all the trauma Buffy has experienced and also, or at least in the concept of that and in the concept of... Uh, a demon god monster experiencing personal changes and growth and feelings that are unfamiliar. Um, But the execution is fucking boring. Maybe not. I think the premise, the way they started off, you're you're like, oh God, it's one of those episodes. Mm -hmm. I think they fucking managed to bring it together. Yeah, I was was going to correct myself. It's not fucking boring, 
but it it kind of starts off with oh god and then kind of pulls itself together yeah it's not terrible um it definitely was on the edge for a good chunk of it being one of those kind of episodes yeah you know i was gonna say i'm gonna give it an e for effort but i'm gonna give it an e for edging it definitely edged me (laughs) and my every time (laughs) and my quivering prostate you know we've known each other a long time you'd think i would stop being surprised that you can always make things inappropriate (laughs) yeah yeah but that happened yet that's my favorite part about you (laughs) you never learn ouch (laughs) <laughs> it's a compliment sure <laughs> i don't see what the problem is <laughs> you're welcome oh <laughs> cut to buffy's mind some more yeah uh buffy is a small child joyce comes home with uh, well okay there's more than that um i don't know uh before before that uh we cut to glory's house where spike busts in and we get a little snippet of uh, him finding Ben's very small and depressing room. Like, it's it's a fucking uh, Harry Potter tiny bedroom under the stairs sort of fucking room. Yeah. I heard that that actually became an official term for a type of uh, bedroom that is legally not a bedroom. Oh, wait. No, I learned that on an episode of What We Do in the Shadows. So it may or may not be true. <laughs> Never mind. Moving along. Yes. And then we cut back to Buffy's head. Yeah. Willow immediately finds Buffy as a small child. Do you like dolls? <laughs> um, well, uh, not to not to shit all over your fun here, kid, but no. <laughs> Fucking hate dolls. I don't remember what she said at all. But then Joyce <laughs> comes in the front door with uh, Buffy's dad. I don't. Did you look into whether it's the same actor? It is. They got him. They got him. Nice. Yeah, I I was very pleased with that. They actually got the actual actors to play Buffy's parents. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it was definitely uh, Kristen Sutherland yeah. as Joyce. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, who cares about the dad? He was in one fucking episode. But that's still really cool that they got the same actor. Right. So, um. They've just come home with baby Dawn. Buffy's like, I mean, I'm mad. I don't want to have a sister. You're not going to pay as much attention to me. And then they're like, oh, yeah? Here, why don't you hold this baby? <laughs> okay, I want to take care of the baby. <laughs> she likes hey. dolls. It's hey, it's an easy transition. She's like, what, seven? How, yeah, how much older than Dawn is she? Uh, that sounds about right. Six or seven years. Yeah. And then this tracks for, like, seven-year-old logic. Absolutely. I I believe it. And, I mean, it's a fabricated memory memory anyway. Right? Yeah, it didn't didn't fucking happen. But it's very touching anyway. It is. It's It's, cute. uh, So then we see adult Buffy putting a book on a shelf. Yep. And then looking over her shoulder with this wry, weird look on her face. And I'm like, is she trying to get willow's attention does she know willow's there what's that look on her face and we just get to keep asking ourselves that for another 10 or 15 minutes because we get to see her do that another 10 or 15 times yeah but not all back to back thank god no then it quickly cuts to willow finding herself at some sort of fire then it cuts away yeah 
man, I don't think I'd want to be in someone else's head. It sounds confusing. Yeah, and terrifying. <laughs> and so she cut to the fire. Willow's like, okay. You know, back when anachronistic irreverence juxtaposed with serious high-stakes situations was actually fun and not eye-rollingly overused. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, good times. They pioneered that shit, and now I'm so sick of it being in fucking everything. Yep. Mm. Eh, what are you going to do? At least it's still good somewhere. Right. Once upon a time, there was um, a kitty. She was very little. And she was all alone, and nobody wanted her. Did the kitty get chosen by some nice people? Well, now you ruined the ending. So, uh, <laughs> back at the hospital on the ranch. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the ranch. Yeah. You know. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, it's a thing. Yeah. I... So, um, meanwhile, back at the hospital. Spike is milking a cow. Wait, um, Spike knows <laughs> a bloke. Oh, hold on. Before before we get there, I got another quote of the day. Um, bloke away. Bloke. Xander Xander walks up to Giles as he's trying to put his coat on. Says, "How you doing?" And Giles's response is, "It only hurts when I answered pointless questions." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a good. One. Yeah, I didn't take too uh, too great a notes on this scene. I just said Spike knows a bloke. And then yeah. he lights up a cigarette in the middle of a hospital where literally nobody even tries to stop him. Right. I like that there's kind of a look on Xander and Giles's face where they're like, really? But they don't say anything. I didn't even notice that. I feel like they just completely expect this kind of behavior of him at right. this point. Honestly... He's behaving extraordinarily well throughout the episode. He really is. And I'm like, man, the uh, the level of work that they've done to seamlessly integrate him eventually into the Scooby gang was really fucking well done. Yeah. Because we don't even question it at this point. We don't question his motivations. They all make sense for the most part. Yeah. You know, we know that he feels he has a decent connection to Don. He likes Don. And he also in his fucked up way, cares about Buffy yep. and knows that if something happens to Dawn, she's done for. Mm -hmm. So like he, you know, he, it makes perfect sense to us that he's there. And he's at a point where he's just completely accepted for the most part that he can't hurt humans. Yeah. Uh, he's not only accepted it, but he's kind of moved past that and is starting to enjoy their company. It seems like. Yeah, honestly. And not ironically, not in an antagonistic way. Right. Well, and like the the little bit of scene here. Um, so Spike and Xander are going to go off to see the guy that Spike knows. And then Giles is heading back to the magic shop. And then as Spike and Xander are walking out of the hospital, Spike says to Xander that he found Ben's room at Glory's and didn't learn much. And Sanders' responses. This, this was one of my quotes yeah. of the day. Wait, 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 wait. Ben at Glory's? You're saying all this time he's been subletting from her? Spike re responds with, this is going to be worth it. Smacks Xander upside the head, screams in pain, and they yells in pain. They both go, ow, at the same time. <laughs> and it says, last time from the top. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if it's... Uh, Spike continuing to tell all of them and explain to them again and again and again that Ben is glory that is 
what's breaking down her magic that is disguising. I was kind of wondering that too. Because otherwise the timing's way too good. Right. And like, is it, is it just. There's got to be some cause and effect. Humans need correlation, you know? My, my thought, or rather my theory was that the event that's going to happen the the moment that the key is used the the gateway is open and everything that ritual what i would imagine is that there's kind of like a it's such a big powerful ritual that there's like ripples in the water Mm. and that would travel forward and backwards in time to that moment in time so like maybe it's like the fact that they're going to be doing that ritual in the near future is disrupting the magic around glory early as kind of like a prerequisite because of the power that's going to be unleashed and whatnot. That's what my theory was. Okay. Yeah. Suck on that, everybody. (laughs) Suckle on that egg for a minute. Okay. I'll roll with that. But yeah, basically we, from here we cut to the tower or the construction site where they're building the tower. And this is when we learn that, essentially the spell that keeps them as separate entities is breaking down. She's starting to be able to see Ben's memories and feel his feelings and vice versa. And that is also affecting how everyone else sees them. So apparently the spell that keeps them as separate personalities is also the same spell that makes it so that people can't remember that there's the same person hmm which you know interesting spell yeah so you're saying it's just a ripple in time yeah that's because of what she's about to do with the key yeah that is like it's so much power with the ritual that she's about to do is so much power in that moment in time that that power ripples out forward and backwards Oh. Yeah. That's fucking heavy, bro. Yeah. Whoa. 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 But yeah, she's uh, she's feeling Ben's feelings. So we're definitely seeing that that breakdown in the magic from both sides, kind of, sort of. Yep. And uh, Glory uh, morphs into Ben briefly to finish the sentence, I can't kill the girl, and then comes back, and it's like... All right, I need to kill this girl right now. And then the minions are like, hey, you know, you can't. You'll ruin everything if you do. And I don't think there's anything that Gloria's done that shows that she's very off kilter uh, more than the fact that she didn't threaten to kill anybody over stopping her from killing Dawn. Yeah, she's definitely misstepping. She's way off her game. I mean, the minion. I'm surprised the minions know what to do with themselves. They're not being abused. I'll abuse them. They should come to me. I'll abuse them so hard with all their scabby, gross faces. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to Buffy's mind, where. Yep. Uh, Willow is witnessing the first Slayer informing Buffy that death is her gift. Death is your gift. And she also sees uh, her put the book on the shelf again. Yep. Remember? Remember? We talked about this. I said it was going to come back again. Here we are. Yeah. Everything that goes around comes around. Yeah. 
motherfuckers. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we and we see that before and after Willow witnesses the first Slayer. It yep. is a first Slayer sandwich with Buffy <laughs> at a bookshelf as the bread. Just to give you a food analogy, <laughs> in case you were having trouble understanding how time works. <laughs> I'm Josh King. I'm here to explain things to you like a stupid kindergartner. And I don't, by that, I don't mean that you are the stupid kindergartner as the listener. I mean that you are in a, a fully developed adult being spoken to by an actual kindergartner. I, I just want a YouTube channel now that just <laughs> explains very complex ideas using only food. <laughs> so we've got this kiwi, right? And then there's a banana. And then, so we stab this. No, no, no. I, I want it to be done in the ways of like the Ghostbusters and the Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like completely pointless and does not help anything cats and dogs eating a twinkie <laughs> <laughs> yeah he basically just uses it for a scale factor doesn't yeah. he doesn't he explain that the twinkie would be the size of the sears tower or yeah, something the empire state building empire state building that's what it was um <clears throat> where he could have just been like this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychic energy, and what we're experiencing now is something the size of the Empire State Building. But no, he's like, now imagine this Twinkie. <laughs> it's like, let's add a whole nother giant Twinkie step. Mm. And then let's make sure we get a shot of Winston going, that's a big fucking Twinkie. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have been the same without it, really. Yeah. That guy's been doing a lot of other stuff. He's still a very active actor. He is. Yeah. He is. He's really cool. I like him. Um, Buffy's mind? No. Uh, no, we're back to the tower. Back to the construction site where uh, Glory's kind of... Kind of, sort of, you know, choking out Dawn. Yeah. I didn't realize they were into that. Uh, you know... Oh, right. That's an inappropriate joke. Things, She's yes. kind of a child. Yeah. All right. So, you know, um, Glory is definitely... Uh, a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> and a hell god, you know. So she's she's harming Dawn. Dawn, Dawn doesn't like luckily, it. Luckily, the minions are able to talk her, talk her down. And she actually kicks the minions out. They just leave. It's like, hey, our god was about to kill her and ruin this whole fucking endeavor. But we're just going to leave her alone with the girl now. Because she said so. You know, I guess That's... if they're going to be stuck on this mortal coil, if they're going to worship Glory, then they have to, you know, kind of do what she yeah. says. Then why stop her from killing her? Is, Is it because like, are they worshiping Glory because of what they want her to do for them? Or are they worshiping Glory because they love her? I'm starting to I... think it's what they want her to do for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the minions actually mentions that they... Oh yeah, they need to go back to hell. All like they stuck there. want to. If she kills, they are stuck there too. Yeah, if she kills Don prematurely. So maybe it's not so much that the minions 
want glory to go back to hell, but they also want to go back to hell. Yeah, and that tracks. They seem like sniveling little, I'm going to do whatever I have to to save my own hiney yes. kind of folk. So, uh, yeah, I, again, at this point, I was like, so what is the friggin' holdup? Um, it feels like we're only just now learning that if she kills her now, they'll be stuck here forever. Yeah. But when was this that we supposedly learned otherwise? Later in this episode, uh, at the very tail end of the episode, Giles mentions that Dawn has to be killed at a specific time and place. Oh, I thought you were saying there was a precedent for that information outside of this episode. No. Okay, no. well then we're completely back to me being able to rip this episode apart exactly the way I wanted to. Fuck you, Rex. Why fuck me? Because you're the only other person in the room. <sighs> Assume the position. I... You're the one who assumed that because I said a thing, you couldn't do a thing. Like, that has nothing to do with anything. All right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> just for fun, then. Oh, you're gross. What? What did I do? <laughs> just eating, anyway. Just eating macaroni. Anyway. On microphone. That is not how you eat macaroni. <laughs> That's how I eat macaroni. <laughs> You are wrong, <laughs> and that you is, should feel bad. That is correct. <laughs> Thank you for asking. And the answer is... You are bad, and you should feel bad. <laughs> I don't. What do I look like? Glorificus? <laughs> Some kind of conscious having hell demon over here? Oh. I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Mom, I can stand in the hallway, right? My friend Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. Anyway, after the minions leave, she goes on this huge fucking diatribe about her feelings and how people are terrible and everyone is terrible and fuck this place, I hate it. And why do you even want to be alive, Dawn? You suck and everyone else sucks. And I like how she asks Don, name one person who can take it here. And Don's answer is Buffy. Of course. And of course, this whole episode is about basically how Buffy's not taking it here. Yeah. Cut to Buffy not doing a very good job of taking it here. Um, I do want to mention, though, in her diatribe, Glory says six billion people. Because in 2001, there were only 6 billion people on Earth. Yeah. Do you know how many people there are on Earth now, Josh? Oh, around about 8 billion? 8 fucking billion. That's what I heard. So I looked it up. Do you know how many people had to have been born between the release of this episode and now for there to be 8 billion people? I'm guessing it's not as simple as 2 billion. No. <laughs> it's 3 billion. Interesting. A whole fucking billion people... Had to be born because of, in the span of that time, a billion people died. Huh. So basically, we're gaining two billion for every one billion that are dying. Well, there's a fun fact you don't hear every day. Right? That's how the fucking math works out, and it's more it's fascinating but morbid. Eh. Crazy fucked up shit is just kind of normal these days. Right. It's getting a little uh hard to take, honestly. <laughs> 
Speaking of some crazy fucked up shit. Go on. We go back to Buffy's dream where we see some crazy fucked up shit. Ooh. Basically, she's walking through her house. You see uh, a grave in her mom's bedroom, which is interesting set choice. About where her bed was? Yep. Kind of, sort of? Yep. Basically, she's saying how death is her gift. And she walks into Dawn's room and then proceeds to smother Dawn to death. Very calmly. Very calmly. And matter-of-factly, this is my gift. Yeah. Don't you enjoy my gift, Willow? <laughs> Dawn, don't you enjoy my gift? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You little ingrate. Sounded like a yes to me. <laughs> I know. I enjoy my gift. Did I say enjoy? I meant it's destroying me. Inside yeah. and out. Yeah. Yeah. She's not doing well. She's really not. I don't think she interpreted the uh, whole death is your gift thing quite the way the first Slayer meant it. Yeah. Um. I mean, to be fair, we don't actually understand what the fuck the first Slayer meant. That's true. Not without some metagaming. But, spoiler alert, Buffy dies at the end of next episode. And yeah. I kind of think that's what the first Slayer meant. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut back to the tower where Ben shows up to have a bit of an existential crisis. Just a wee bit. And Dawn tries and succeeds in getting through to Ben to help her escape. And he manages to snap out of his existential crisis just in time to get him out of there. I don't know exactly how they fucking escape by knocking out one dude when the whole fucking place is swarming. Yeah. Just, there's crazy minions fucking everywhere. Well, he is wearing Glory's dress. Perhaps yeah, they mistook him for Glory. He's considerably taller and has short brown hair versus her long blonde. I don't see how you would mistake the two as the same person. And huge tracts of land. <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck is that from? That's Monty Python, if you want to play the Monty Python card, bro. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you are right. I know I'm right. I thought it was interesting that um, before Ben tries to help Dawn escape, we see him in a slightly different light than we normally do. Yeah. Like, we tend to see him as this kind of angelic, 100% good character. Right. And we're... Starting to see both in the last episode and this episode that he might be faltering a little bit on that towards the yeah. selfish side of things because he's also starting to experience Glory's memories and he's like, oh, no, the humanity. I can feel her like breaking hundreds of men's bones. How could she do this? And of course, that's a very easy to have double meaning sentence. Right. And so they exploited that on purpose. And Dawn's like, I don't know, but we have to get out of here and find Buffy. And Ben's like, no, I mean, I have a job. I have a life and glory. She never once thinks about me and all this. <laughs> me, 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 me. And I'm like, oh, Benny, Benny, yeah. Ben. Ben, 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 Benny. He's very self-focused. And yeah. it's like, you know, dude. There's about to be... She's gonna end the world. There's about to be no world for you like, to care about having a job in. Yeah. So why don't you get your head out of your ass? It, 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 it does at least make much more sense to me, his attitude, 
now that I've learned that he is actually only 25. Yeah, like a little bit. Before I, my guess was that like, has he been like living multiple lifetimes? But no, he hasn't been living very long. So like, and he's only been having to deal with glory for the last five years. Yeah, he's basically a child, and he's had some shit to deal with. So he's a little emotionally stunted. Yeah. It's forgivable, but also a little off-putting. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, so yeah, back to Buffy's mind, because they they fuck off. He tries to help out Don. He is trying to do the right thing. Yep. At at the very least, he is trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of difficult when you've got a hell god possessing your body. So Buffy's back to where we started as a little girl playing with a doll. Her parents come home again. Willow again sees adult Buffy putting the book away and sneaking this weird look towards Willow or the camera. And tiny Buffy goes on about taking care of Dawn. And uh, she's clearly at this point stuck in a loop. Yep. Like the mom from Stranger Things. I was thinking more of Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Except if you just if you just let it keep going, Willow, you get to learn how to play the piano. (laughs) Except Buffy is stuck on a on a repeat loop like a like a record that's skipping. Whereas yeah. Groundhog Day, he's aware that he's stuck in the loop. Yeah, I know, I know. So I just wanted to make the dumb joke. I liked it. I got the reference. Yeah. It's the same thing your whole life. Clean up your room, <laughs> stand up straight. Pick up your feet, take it like a man. Be nice to your sister. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't, Don't drive, drive on, on the, the railroad, railroad tracks. tracks. Uh, Phil, that's one I happen to agree with. <laughs> Too early for flapjacks? <laughs> oh, God, I'm so old. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, keep growing older and die eventually? Hey, me too. <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my, I, I did like one of Willow's lines here. When it starts to repeat, she responds to little Buffy with, no, and I think we already deja'd this voo. You talk funny. And then she points out that, yeah, you'll tell me that in such and such science class or something. Yeah. Cut to a demon's house where Xander and Spike are visiting the same guy, if you recall, who gave Dawn the reanimation spell. He is credited as Doc. Doc. By the way. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's Doc's house. What a fucking creep. Didn't we learn that this guy's actually a very prolific actor last time? Uh, I don't remember if we talked about that, but he is a very prolific actor. Yeah, no, that's the only reason I remember it then is because we did talk about that. So see previous episode. We don't need to cover it twice. Yeah. So Xander remembers that uh, Ben is glory as soon as they walk in. Finally! And my theory was that this demon dude must have some sort of protection warding spell around his apartment to keep all of that nonsense out. You know, kind of like a tinfoil hat. No, I think the barrier between glory and Ben is just broken down enough to where the spell is, is done. Just crazy timing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the conclusion I came to by the end of the episode, absolutely. Doc attempts to do some misdirection and, you know, point them off to China. You you ought to go to China. China's where your solutions are. Yeah, that's what I heard. Somebody told me that. 
But no, he he's just he's lying and uh, trying to hide this box from them. And it turns out that he worships glory, which, you know, that's not going to turn out well for him. Yeah, Spike calls him on his bullshit. He immediately lunges for a sword, knocks down Spike somehow. Like I re- had to rewatch it like three or four times. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's why I couldn't remember how he knocks down Spike. It's because the editing there is fucking terrible. Yeah. They were like, well, we didn't actually get that shot, but we need to make it look like he knocks down Spike. So it's literally just kind of like it, yeah. there might as well have been just a shot of a fish and some sword, <laughs> some swords clanging. Speaking of Monty Python, he slapped him with a fish really hard and he said, oh, no, I'm falling. <laughs> and then his hilariously poorly CG'd tongue comes flying oh, out of his God, mouth. It was really bad. It was pretty bad. And like, like, if you're going for any semblance of realism here, the length of that tongue, I, I don't know if that's there. There's two things here. So first the CG isn't just bad because it's an old show. It was bad for the time. Yeah. CGI. And but on top of that, what really made it just completely fail is the the actor, the way he's overacting, like bringing his tongue back into his mouth. Yeah. Is like super way over the top. And like the animation they did for it doesn't quite really fit it well. And it just, it it makes it look so terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, man, if you really needed to gulp like that to get your tongue back in your throat, how are you even talking? Right. But uh, he also throws this box in the fire. Xander fights him while Spike goes to get the box. Um, Xander manages to actually wrestle him to the ground, get his sword, and then kill him. Uh, He stabs a sword through his chest. Yes. Very different. Yes. And there's a spluge of goop. How I want to know exactly how... I didn't notice it, but... Spike shouldn't be able to reach into a fucking fire and get and pull something out. He's a vampire. Fire is one of the ki- thing one of the things that kills vampires. Sure, but I mean, do they ignite easier than humans? I presumably, presumably, sure. I mean, fire also kills humans. I mean, yes. <laughs> He should have used a poker or something. Sunlight also kills humans. Yeah. I mean, it hadn't been in there that long, but it being True. treated wood, it yeah. could have gone up feasibly a lot faster than normal wood. But anyway, they get the box. They leave. Turns out Doc's not dead. He was just impaled a little bit. Yeah. His eyes open real wide. They're all black. So... He's coming back. He's not totally dead. We get a quick cut back to Buffy's head where Willow's attempting to reason with her and failing. And then we head back to the city where Ben and Dawn are on the lamb. I hate that phrase. Yeah, I do too. It's so dumb. It is. Feel free to tell me if this next part gets a little too personal because I'm told I have boundary issues. But I'm a part. I am great, and I am beautiful, and I walk into a room, all eyes turn to me, because my name is a holy name, and you won't listen! 
Uh, so Ben, looking pretty good in a dress, if I do say so myself, <laughs> uh, pulls Don into an alleyway to hide from the toady demons. I still yeah. don't know what their fucking species is called. and I, I don't either. Don't care. Uh, he peeks out for a moment and comes back to a bunch of chains to the head. And it knocks him out. <laughs> this plan backfires, though, because when you knock Ben out, Glory wakes up. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, not the worst idea, Don, except for the part where it had the exact opposite intended effect. Yeah. Because now Glory's back, and uh, never mind that we didn't hear Don pick up the very rattly chains. Yeah. I blame the Foley guys. <laughs> I'm definitely docking their pay <laughs> retroactively <laughs> those guys owe me money <laughs> literally so well they owe somebody money i'm right. gonna claim it <laughs> and, it's, it's been unclaimed for far too long exactly. it's, it's now yours exactly so <laughs> glory remembers ben's pain of being hit in the head with chains um Although I'm not even sure that Ben remembers the pain, considering how fucking fast he got knocked out. Right. And uh, <laughs> so Ben and Glory get in this big, stupid argument. Ben's trying to protect Dawn and the world, the world. And eventually, Glory seems to convince Ben that she will take real good care of him when she takes over power, because she's going to be immortal and he needs somebody on his side. She could set him up real nice in a you, chaos, melty reality, chaos world. We've seen it a few times where an actor plays a role where there are two personalities or something like that and having an argument with themselves. Yeah, that's called dramatic interpretation in Friends' competitions. Oh, good to know. I did that in high school. It was fun. But... We've seen it a few times where, you know, particularly when, like, a really good actor can do that. Yeah. And it's really fucking good when it's done well. But this is two different actors trying to have an argument with each other. And, it like, it's not very good. <laughs> yeah, I think they spent a lot of the budget on this one scene. Yeah. Hey, we have to do dozens of morphs back to back when really like what they should have did and they, they should have shown the morph like once or twice and then quick cut between the two actors where it looks like maybe they're facing each other but they're not that would have actually been much better exactly but they and stuck with the whole morph nope, morph 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 they, morph thing and it just it it would have been better if it was one actor doing it right yeah that's okay Sometimes you learn the hard way. Uh, you know, we got the point. Yeah. And and the whole fucking point of this scene, though, is that basically Glory manages to turn Ben. Basically. And, you know, part of me is like, no way. Ben, ben has to be playing some sort of angle. But he takes Dawn back to the demons. Yeah. There's no way that he's... Just fucking playing an angle. I don't I don't get what kind of angle that could be. Well he realizes Glory's got him by the balls. Glory I mean, first off, Glory promises him immortality. Yeah, I mean, can she really give him I, that? I mean Can she even separate them? Can she even get her own body and let I mean, him have his? I don't know. From his perspective, that might be worth the gamble. Right? Because he's definitely gonna die. Well, what if 
So if he does save Don, I don't know, how it, how does it come down to him or or Don? It's never hinted at what happens with Glory after that moment that the key could be used. But what I suspect Ben worries about is that if the key isn't used, then Glory's just stuck here for the rest of Ben's life. Mm-hmm. And that's Ben's life. And then he has to deal with this shit. Forever. <laughs> Forever. And small price to pay. Like, I... Sacrifice yourself, bro. You got this. Yeah. Anyway. And, I mean, think about it. He's not fully sane right now. His mind is completely torn up. He's under duress. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it... I'd have probably made the same choice. Yeah. I can't say I wouldn't. Yeah. Under those specific circumstances, I can't say I wouldn't. Definitely not fair for him having a hell god inside of him, being possessed or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, he takes Dawn back to the demons. Cut back to Buffy's brain. Yep. Where Willow knocks some goddamn sense into Buffy. Yeah, about fucking time. After getting the story out of her about how she blames herself for getting Dawn caught because she had this moment while putting this book away. Uh, where she realized how relieved she would be if the whole thing were over and Glory won already. And Dawn would die and she would grieve and everyone would feel sorry for her, but at least it would be over. And I, like, feel this deeply. Yeah. Like... She's burnt out. I've had this kind of moment relatively fucking recently. And where it's just like, you find yourself struggling with things in life and if you could just give up and fail yeah it would be you don't want to but there would be a relief yeah exactly but no in the end if you're a fighter you're a fighter and you're gonna keep fighting it and the real fallacy here um that buffy is struggling against and losing against without willow's help uh is thinking that she made this happen by thinking that thought. Right. And she's racking herself with guilt because she's attributing this correlation to causation. Yep. And where there is none. And she basically says, I quit for that one second. Yeah. And I, I had, you know, if I had acted, if I had one second more, Maybe I could have done something. And it's like, she's a god. And she was inside the same dingy old gas station. There's no way that your minutia of, you know, a trivial portion of a second or even a whole second. There's nothing you could have done that would have stopped her from running off with Dawn in that moment. But she seems to think that there was. And, you know, I've had a couple scenarios where... I had a similar thing happen to me, both with uh, deaths in the family. I I had a super shitty thought about my dad, I want to say about a year before he died. Um, I thought to myself, because I spent most of my life really fucking poor, and I've only recently started to get any amount of mm-hmm. financial stability, and it's still fucking foreign to me. Yeah. But I was having a real bad time, and I thought to myself, man, I wish, I think... Things would be so much easier if my dad would just die and I got his inheritance. 
And then a year later he died and I felt really fucking shitty about that. But obviously I didn't actually want that. And that's not what made it happen. Yeah. And God, even shittier. I had a similar thought about a cat that I had at the time, a different time because it was a difficult situation where I needed to move out, but I had to find places that could have cats. And I had this brief fleeting thought of, It'd be easier to find an apartment if my cat was just dead. Obviously, I really didn't want that. I fucking loved that cat, but then that cat got hit by a fucking car a week before I moved out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the cruel fucking irony. Um, Yeah, and that's the thing, though, with, with shit like this, where it doesn't necessarily matter what you do, because as as my favorite fucking quote from star trek is you can make no mistakes and fail and still fail and that's the situation that buffy's sitting with here she's she hasn't made a single fucking mistake in in how she's approached this yeah glory is a fucking god and she's been like ahead of the game the whole fucking time like but So this is about the moment where Willow starts to agree with Spike from the beginning of this episode yeah. and starts being a little more verbally abusive. Yeah. Um, or, or aggressive. Let's say aggressive. And be aggressive. It, <laughs> be, be aggressive. Is that a thing? Yeah, it, it's a cheer. Oh. Anyway, it works. Yes. And Buffy realizes that she hasn't actually killed Dawn yet. <laughs> yet. But if she doesn't snap the fuck out of it right now, then she will be responsible for Dawn's death. Yeah. Then Willow snaps out of the spell and Buffy snaps out of her catatonia. Yeah. And then everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's all better now. Completely better now. <laughs> oh, except Glory still has Dawn. Right. So they go back to Buffy's house. Nope. Magic shop. Or the magic shop, <laughs> where Giles informs Buffy that the only way to stop Glory, according to some lame-ass scrolls that I've found, is to kill Dawn. We also get a nod where Xander's like, hey, so Ben is Glory. <laughs> Good job. Congratulations. Yeah. You've made a simple observation. <laughs> so proud of you. I think he you. just got really happy about being able to remember. I would, too. Right? Yeah. Sometimes I get really happy about being able to remember simple words that I normally forget. Yeah. Yeah. I have that those moments where it's like, hey, I got that reference. Exactly. Yeah. It seems to run on electricity. <laughs> anyway, Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk Hold on. You've got something here. How'd you feel about this episode? Yeah, I was alright with it. I, I actually really enjoyed it. It was, it was okay. It pulled itself together as we took a moment to stop and chat about briefly in, in mid-episode. It, uh, it had a couple moments that worried me. Yeah. And, you know, it, like I said, it wasn't the tour de force action extravaganza that one might have expected. Right. But it was definitely kind of the, uh, in terms of the hero's journey, Buffy found her abyss and 
it was in a loop of thinking that she'd killed her sister because death is her gift and misinterpreting that. Yeah. Now I forget why I was trying to think of Abyss. She found her abyss. She found it. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Whatever. Some uh, some characters learn some shit about themselves and uh, and some stuff. I don't know. I took abysmal notes for this episode. I didn't well, have a whole lot of extra time today. But like we said, like we said in the beginning, you know, there was that moment where it's like, oh, it's going to be one of those episodes. But I think the struggle that we see that that Buffy's having here is a struggle she has needed to have because the biggest question of her as a character right now is that she's so strong how does she cope with failure yeah you know when you are the most capable person you know and you're failing that can be just profoundly devastating yeah and i i like the exploration into how someone goes about dealing with that and on top of that the the stuff with with glory while at first it was like oh this is stupid you know when it came around to where it's like oh great ben's on her side now i think we needed to experience this ridiculous mess of emotions that this character is going through to be able to go oh, okay it makes sense that ben might agree to this mm-hmm. you know if they didn't have an episode of her losing her damn mind and being all over the place and him and knowing that he's experiencing all of that with her like him all of a sudden being like okay yeah i'll be on your team now would have made no fucking sense and it would have been terrible Right. But they made it work and they had to go through this route to make it work. And it, I think it's, I'm really fucking pleased with how they came about and ended it. Well, good. I'm glad that worked out for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you need to process emotions in order to get past them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'd like to think that this episode is a, an excellent allegory for that. Do you have a quote of the day? <laughs> no <laughs> i was not keeping track of quotes of the day here let me pick from one of my three quoted lines real quick okay i gotta give it to xander wait 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 <laughs> ben at glories you're saying all this time she's been subletting from her and whatever spike says yeah this is gonna be worth it <laughs> smack that that mo that scene right there was just like Ah, that's why the Xander Spike fanfic exists. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That could be a really fun dynamic. It's a buddy cop moment. Absolutely. Um, And I'm actually going to give, for pretty much the same reason, uh, I'm giving mine to Giles for earlier in the episode where he goes, excellent. Now... Do we suspect that there may be some kind of connection between Ben and Glory? That really was where the joke was. <laughs> they nailed that one. Particularly when, as he's saying that line, him and Xander look directly at each other. Like, yeah, do we suspect that? And, like, 
just a moment ago, Xander was like, so there's a connection between Ben and Glory? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so fucking perfect. I half thought about doing the same thing that we did with the Jonathan episode. Yeah. With this episode. I I thought about it as well. But there was no way I was going to be able to pull it off. Yeah. I just wasn't prepped for this. I had to fall back on making dirty jokes while you... (laughs) actually gave us the meat of the episode <laughs> hey it happens Giggity. sometimes at least you have dicks to fall back yeah. on in the end bringing the meat i'm slapping him around <laughs> that's just how this dynamic works sometimes you know <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> never a dull moment josh oh never a dull moment. except for all the dull moments <laughs> Well, this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Guys, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Check us out at BeerWithBuffy.com. You can buy our shit at BeerWithBuffy.com slash shit. Head on over to Patreon.com slash BeerWithBuffy if you want to give us your money or have us name a cat for you for $5. Uh, Number one thing you can do for us is review us on iTunes. We will automatically enter you into a contest to win a free hoodie. We're currently at 60 reviews. We want to get to 75, and then we're giving away another free hoodie. Uh, By the way, you have to write a review for that to happen. Just the stars don't count. Yep. They count towards us doing the contest, but they don't count towards you being in the contest. Got to write a review. If you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. We may or may not respond to it on the air, depending on how ADHD we're feeling or tired we are that day. Yeah. One last warning for this episode. We will be taking a break after the end of uh, Season 5 of Buffy and Season 2 of Angel. We will be pausing payment on all Patreon subscriptions, and we will be doing a patreon perk the live stream q a yes yeah like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode and we're gonna keep warning you until we do that yeah so this is a pre 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 warning last but not least big thanks to jj treadway for all our opening closing and transitional music this has been beer with buffy i'm josh i'm rex have a good night totally stole my clothes we have the meat <laughs> oh i did steal your clothes you did i don't care
wait, what have we done? Why are we watching this? 